0: Most entrepreneurs are constantly envisioning new products and innovative approaches. The difficulty comes in when you have got to translate those ideas into reality. My guest today shares his secret. This is YPO 10-Minute Tips from the Top. I'm Kevin Daum, and each week I bring you insights from the world's top executives of YPO, all made possible with grants from Gazelle's Growth Institute, growthinstitute.com. YPO member David Levine loves healthy living, but he also loves good food. A communications degree at Syracuse and an MBA at Duquesne led him to a career in radio production, but his stomach growled for more. After experimenting with recipes in his kitchen, David took the plunge, quitting his job and dedicating himself to creating delicious, healthy foods for families. Today, David is the founder and CEO of New Go Nutrition, which boasts 50 different nutritional products sold all over the world. As it turns out, the key to better taste in a nutrition bar will surprise no one. David uniquely uses real dark chocolate in his product. That's why Nugo has seen consistent exponential growth each year, garnering David an Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in
1: 2014. David, welcome to the show. Kevin, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So you went from radio
0: to making nutritional bars. It's
1: a heck of a jump, isn't it? So what was the inflection point where the company really took off? You're how many people today? we're over 30 employees non manufacturing and we're making lots and lots and lots of bars you had asked you know what the turning point and the inflection point was in the development we started with the understanding that family nutrition was a broader concept and we developed on the principles that we still hold today which is we're dealing in food and food must be delicious we had been making products for family and we had developed some additional categories as our distributors and customers needed We had moved into an organic category and we had moved into some low sugar products. But what really set the company apart and allowed us to become the entity that we are now is we recognized the need for dark chocolate. We were the first company, and I believe we are still the only company, that utilizes real dark chocolate to cover a protein bar. So everyone else in our industry calls a product on the front of their package, dark chocolate, but what they do is take out the cocoa butter, which is the natural fat in the cocoa bean and the natural fat in real dark chocolate. They replace it with a vegetable oil, generally a uh, palm oil or palm kernel oil.
0: Now, do they do that for taste or what drives their
1: reason to take out the cocoa butter? They take out cocoa butter because palm oil has a higher melt point and is in a lower cost. So you put those two things together, it has a higher melt point so you can ship it non-temperature controlled at times, has a lower cost. We all understand Better what that does. Better storage thing. I don't have to pay for refrigerated shipping. Refrigerated shipping. It stands up to higher temperatures through the supply chain. However, what it does is it does the same thing when you eat it. It stands up to temperature. So when you eat a product that has a palm oil in it, it never melts in your mouth. Palm oil has a melt point above hundred degrees. Your body's temperature is lower. When you eat it with palm oil, instead of real cocoa butter, The palm oil never releases, the flavor never explodes in your mouth because the fats haven't released and allowed you to get to the luscious dark chocolate flavor. And what Nugo does is we use real chocolate. We believe in the integrity of dark chocolate and it makes a better tasting product because the luscious cocoa butter melts in your mouth, delivers that smooth, creamy consistency that you're expecting when you eat dark chocolate, and it allows the flavor to explode immediately in your mouth. And we take that concept and we put it over proteins and we put it over non-gmo ingredients and gluten-free and vegan friendly and we take that delicious thin layer of chocolate and make a better for you protein snack to your point when you're sitting there on the store
0: shelves right everything says dark chocolate Some people read the ingredients on the back. Some people don't. That must be challenging to get your message out there beyond the people who automatically know your
1: brand. So we do it in a number of ways. One is digital and social media, where we are articulating that point on a daily basis and explaining to the consumer the benefits of dark chocolate. The other way that you communicate the message for any consumer brand is on your package. And we are always communicating real dark chocolate on the front of pack. And the third way that we do it and continue to do it is at the point of purchase, where you have the opportunity to interface with consumers and store demos or other sampling events where you can communicate the value proposition of the product. You're
0: on the constant edge of innovation. You've got a whole R&D lab working on new products, so you must have learned some things about the process of innovation along the way. Anything you want to share?
1: Absolutely. I think innovation is equal parts idea, and innovation is equal parts implementation, and you cannot have entrepreneurial creation, and you cannot have innovation if you don't have equal parts implementation. And I think that's frequently missed. At some point, you have to decide that a product's not working or that it's got legs if you give it a
0: little more time. So that seems to be a resource issue for your CFO. The other side of it, though, is so much of this comes in as trends, right? Whether vegan moves through or all of the many non-celiacs that have decided that gluten-free is the way to go and figuring out what the next trend is going to be. So how do you keep those feelers to the market and make those decisions about where to invest those R&D dollars?
1: It's a great process. We're fortunate enough to have a variety of lifestyles of foods. So we have products that meet the needs of a low-sugar consumer that doesn't want artificial sweeteners. And our product is New go Slim that was developed to support that market once low-sugar doesn't want artificial sweeteners. We have since seen what's happening in the diabetic community and and the need for products that support blood glucose control and slow release of carbohydrates and slow release of insulin. So happens that the Nugo Slim product in that category really fits that lifestyle and works incredibly well. So we have the ability to move into these lifestyles because we've developed foods that fit a whole bunch of categories. We have a fiber category with a product called Fiber Delish. It's a need state. Everyone laughs a little bit, but we all know we need fiber in our diet. So when the market starts to pivot in that direction, we're already there. We have the gourmet dark chocolate product that's a healthy snack. We're in that category. But we're constantly moving in a direction with additional changes in the need for the different lifestyles that consumers are requesting of us. So there would be some
0: in the business community that would say, It seems like you're trying to be everything to everybody and i don't know if that's possible and could those same resources that are going into the array of products be better spent by driving a few good products down the channel to gain
1: further adoption how do you respond to that it's a different landscape where we can take the product directly to consumers now so we have an incredible host of retail partners that really do want our products and they want the products because the products sell There's also opportunities where an item may not be available in retail and you can take it to them. So the resources can be directed to building a club business through e-commerce. So a few
0: popular products through the traditional channels and then use those to develop a broader array through then your affinity structure.
1: Through the affinity structure, which also can lead back to retail because as demand grows for products in alternate channels or e-com channels, that also has a push-pull strategy back to retail.
0: You came from a communications background and a radio background. You're building a business in the modern world. If at all, how do you apply that background into communicating internally with your employees?
1: When you start as an entrepreneur in your kitchen and then you move to an office in your apartment, communication with the few people that are involved in your organization is really easy because everybody is there at all times and communication is simpler. As you start to grow and you've got offices in different parts of the country and you've got an incredible group of talent around you and the decisions are happening breakneck speed, you've got to learn how to deal with the communication throughout a system. So it is still a process for me. It's still something that we're constantly working on improving, whether it's cross-functional teams, whether it's the ability to not over-meeting the environment, but to recognize the importance of the group think and sharing the information, we are essential communicating partners at NuGo. Okay, David, it's time for the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I am ready. What is your favorite question to ask
0: when you meet someone new? What book are you reading? Name three of your personal core values.
1: Integrity, commitment, and passion. Who has had the greatest impact on you as a leader? I'm fortunate to have two. Both are my parents, my mother, an incredible communicator, my father, an incredible work ethic, and the most exceptional listener on the planet. And I have also this mentor that I've talked about, Steve Smith, who has been an incredible leadership guide to me, and entrepreneurial guide. What is your favorite business book? How to Solve the Mismanagement Crisis by Isaac Adiz. What are you reading right now? I'm reading The Servant by Stephen Hunter, and I'm also reading a pleasure book called Bear Town. What is the one leadership trait that brings success?
0: Listening. What is the one leadership trait that kills success? Isolation. Name one daily
1: behavior that will help a leader grow. Listening. What's your strangest daily habit? It is not infrequent that I will do push-ups or sit-ups in the office. What's the best way to show employees appreciation? Openly, with responses that everyone sees. Well, I want to make sure
0: everybody knows that we're very thankful for having you on the show. Thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today, and thanks to Gazelle's Growth Institute for underwriting this program. Learn more at growthinstitute.com. Join me next week when I'll be interviewing YPO member Wesley Pomisano, who will share how he and the city of New Orleans rebuilt for the better after the destruction of Hurricane Katrina. I'm Kevin Dom, and you're listening to YPO 10-Minute Tips from the Top. To learn more about YPO, please visit www.ypo.org.